The earth is there, no matter where we are. What can we learn by being present with her? Welcome to the Earth as Teacher podcast with your host, Corinna Sturfel. Hello and welcome. Today I have a guest, my good friend, Julie Perkins. And she is somebody who really likes to play with the earth, who works a lot with the earth, has a strong connection to the earth. When I had a radio show, she was on my radio show and we were talking about the earth. And what we decided today to talk about is water. I mean, interestingly, it's about 70% of the earth is water and our body has about 70% of water too. Yeah. So where that's where mm. we and the earth, our body and the earth's body is connected. So I wanna pass it on to Julie to start out with wherever she would like to, and then we'll just keep going from there. Julie, hi. Thank you, Corinna. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you because we always end up having so much fun and going into places that are so curious to be explored, that are just really wanting some witnessing, that are really wanting some attention. So I wonder where we're going to go today when we talk about water, because water, as is my favorite element, I'm... um, among other things, I'm a life coach that uses shamanic tools and techniques in my practice. And water is one of the elements that I work with the most. And water is able to flow and go places that thing, other things can't. So I wonder where we're gonna go with water today. Me too. What, <laughs> what water will teach us. <laughs> so, you started with the talking about the piece about water covering 70% of the earth and our bodies consisting of 70 plus percent of water and that unique connection there. And there are many traditions and I can think of the Buddhist traditions off the top of my head that say that at the moment of biological conception of a body, the elements all come in that fire, earth, water, and air to start building the body. And so the body comes from the elements and then it'll dissolve and go back into its elements. So I started thinking about that and it was really interesting to see the energy of that consistent water, the molecules, and like the wisdom or the history of that, Mm -hmm. and the oneness of that. Yeah. Like we're not all separate. We're not just individual little bodies coming out of other human bodies and separate from one another. We're collectively all united with water. And so, that's not only a great comfort to me, but I think it's also a comfort to people who are in 
professions like myself help in yourself yeah who are actually working with people who are looking for seeking a fuller life uh something different in their life some kind of transformation because often they feel like they're alone and so water is one of those things that can unite us all yeah in our pursuit of something different and so I, I consider it to be a great ally, a great friend, a wonderful healer, something that I can call on. In fact, when I'm in one of those spaces where um, I need some space or some big change, the first thing I do is head to big water. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, go to somewhere so expansive where you can't see anything except the, the ocean for miles and miles and miles and stick my toes in the sand and mm -hmm. wiggle them as the water comes up and let the water wash over me and then feel that connection. So I'm grateful that there's that much water available to us. And if you don't live near the ocean, which, for instance, I don't, living in the middle of the country, <laughs> uh, I have to say, uh, for me, a big lake. Yeah. And even if the lake is surrounded by mountains, as long as it's not just a tiny puddle, it really serves for me a very similar purpose. Yeah. Yeah, just that connection. And I too, having lived in uh, Colorado, like you are currently, yeah. uh, felt a little bit landlocked. And there's always the that way to connect, even if I have to get in the bathtub, <laughs> get my body in the bathtub, there's a way for me to connect with the water and the molecules of it. And kind of like the, um, I would say maybe ancient wisdom, just the knowing that mm -hmm. it has. Yeah. And that it has no point of view. And that it has been here before our bodies were, and it will be here after. Yeah. Which, which is always so interesting to me why we get into conversations about like uh, saving it or rescuing it or protecting it or taking responsibility for it, you know, and things like that. There's all kinds of conversations about that. Like, it's dirty, it needs us, you know, and it always kind of makes me chuckle a little bit. The question that I have is, it's dirty, who dirtied it? Hmm. I mean- Good question, I, who did dirty it? What do you know? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, how much are we humans, the ones who dirty, uh, be it literally, be it symbolically, the earth, the water, the, our environment. Yeah. And then we sort of step up as the saviors. Yeah. What if we started out to be caring i mean you don't visit a friend and mess up their house yeah but that's what we tend to do in a way and 
what if we are a little bit more courteous towards the earth, towards the water and all those elements and really don't dirty in the first place? It, precisely. I couldn't agree with you more. It really is like, um, I used the words ally and friend earlier. Mm -hmm. And without personifying it, because I don't want to get into like that it has feelings, I'm going to hurt its feelings. It's not like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, I hear you. <laughs> if, if you're interested, George Carlin did this great bit about water, <laughs> comedy bit years ago, and he's like, water doesn't care. It just rolls off your back. And you know, so it doesn't really have a point of view. And at the same time, we can have a relationship or a connection with it that isn't uh, dishonoring of each other. I mean, really to dishonor water is to dishonor yeah. much of ourselves, of our, of our makeup. Yeah, and especially because uh, if you really look at it, isn't water necessary for life? Completely. You know, a plant wouldn't thrive if there would be no water at all. I mean, a plant may not need a ton of water if it's a desert plant, but it still needs some water. It does. And in the same way, you know, different people living in different environments need more or less water or, you know, I know I am not drinking the same amount every single day. Some days it's more, some days it's less, uh, but still it's, it sustains me. Right. And it sustains a lot of the, the populations of the world. And not everyone has access to the water that they need in quantity or in quality. Yeah, definitely. You know, and so it makes me wonder what I can do or what I can be to contribute to water being that flowing and flowing to the places where it needs to flow. Mm -hmm. So what can I do or be to contribute to that? Any awareness when I ask that question? What comes up for me is uh, to have gratitude. Yeah. To, uh, to actually be gratitude for the water, for its contribution to life. Yeah. And I, I'm remembering that there are many populations that have ceremonies mm -hmm. that are, honor and are su su so super grateful, so super supremely, so many S words, so super supremely grateful <laughs> for, for water that they have, you know, ceremonies and, and rituals. And I remember um, that back a while back in the early 2000s, there was actually a water conference in Mexico and members of the Hopi nation in, in uh, the southern, southeastern, southwestern yes. United States got a couple dozen Hopi runners together and they carried with them an ear of corn and a, um, 
bottle, a container of water and ran 1500 miles down to the conference in, in Mexico as a show of, and kind of like a relay race, carrying the water, the nations converging, the runners running, coming to the conference to talk about the importance of water and being grateful for the water and being in communion with water. And um, I actually looked up one of the things that were said by one of the runners. Uh, his name was Ruben Saufke. And he said, we are of water and the water is of us. When water is threatened, all living things are threatened. What we do to water, we do to ourselves. Water is sacred, a human right. Water is our unifier because we are all made of water. And, you know, the words still ring true. And absolutely. It, I, it gave me shivers when you were reading. <laughs> Think about that. Like so many people focusing on it at one time. Yeah. And really putting their gratitude and the energy towards that and contributing to towards that and creating a future from that without panic of having to rescue or save or protect it but just from a generation point like as in generative and generating and creating something yeah. completely anew yeah wow yeah it's it's amazing stuff. And I actually have this jar of water that I keep with me. It started as a couple drops from one of my shamanic teachers when he was traveling throughout Europe. So it's got drops of water from um, Ireland and Scotland. And then he brought it to class when we were in or Portland, Oregon, and we have water from the Clackamas River mm -hmm. in there. And then I have added water in places that I have been to. So it's in there. So, you it's know, just global water. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's just water. Well, yeah, it's all the water because <laughs> it's, it's representative of water everywhere. Like you said, from the smallest pond to the biggest ocean. Yeah. To the tiniest streams, to the Biggest roaring rivers. And what fascinates me, if I really look at, or not look, sense into water, I mean, water also seeps and gets in contact with all the secrets. Yes. That we are keeping, that uh, the earth is is keeping it not that the earth is keeping it secret but we denote it as a secret because we can't see it right it's kind of magical in that way yeah. isn't it yeah absolutely yeah i um i often see water is one of those things that um because i I'm so aligned with it and have such an affinity for it. I often tend to see pictures of it that really light my body up or mm -hmm. quotes about it that really enliven me. And yeah. so recently, um, one of my calendars, which for the month of March, which my birth month 
and which means my sign, zodiac astrology sign is Pisces. So I'm a fish and that has to do with water. But for March, um, it talked about water doesn't wash. It remembers. Memory and consciousness can be found in water. It is the root source of life in your own body and in it, the earth's body as well. When you need to remember who you really are and to rediscover the song of your soul, go to the water and listen to her voice, her stories, her memories. Wow. Yeah. And the question was, when was the last time you listened to the song of the sea? Yeah. And there's the, it brought up some uh, something interesting that I talked with a friend about is, you know, there is so much significance that we're now moving into the age of Aquarius. Yeah. Coming out of the age of Pisces. And the fish need water to live. So they are surrounded by water. And, but they are solid and water is fluid. Mm -hmm. And what if water is symbolic for consciousness? Yeah. I mean, we used to be surrounded by consciousness, ignoring it not taking it in, not allowing it in. And now moving into the age of Aquarius, maybe there is a time to lower our defenses, our walls against the water, against knowing, against the awareness, and really allow things to come in and us to become more aware of. That's beautiful. What a beautiful invitation. Yeah. And what's getting in the way of that happening? I would say only our choices. Yeah, I was going to say. Really nothing else. I could, I could perceive some of the maybe fear of people getting like flooded yeah. or around, you know, with, with too much consciousness. <laughs> and I was like, what? And so as you we were talking, I was like, really? Well, I guess that could be where people are functioning from. So what could we do to invite them to let that seep in? And I think the word seep is crucial here because it's counter to what you said, that people are afraid that they get flooded. Yep. Consciousness is not intending to kill us, which flooding us would create. So it's seeping in, in all from all the different directions and wherever we have little openings and uh, allow it in where it can seep in. And from there, it starts moving further and further into us. And 
for me, this is a beautiful analogy. Yeah. You know, that we just get seeped with consciousness. Yeah. How cool is that? I feel like a, my body feels like a sponge right now. It's just yeah. soaking it all in. <laughs> <laughs> There's no different, no differentiation. There's no distinction. I don't yeah. feel any separation right now. Yeah. I feel as if we were inviting it in, it kind of has that feeling like if you were sitting in a rowboat, like on a boat on the water mm -hmm. and just letting your body rock. And be swayed. And be, yeah, be swayed. It has that sensation. Wow. Being enriched yet not endangered. Yes. Yes. I'll have that, please. Yeah, me too. More <laughs> of that. <laughs> and we can extend that to your listeners. Anybody else want some of that? Yeah. And enriched is not, you know, I mean, so how often do we associate enriched with money it's wealth it's knowledge it's it has nothing to do with money it's just the richness of life yeah you know instead of just yeah being alive you know i'm not killing myself kind of thing but to really have the joy of living that richness Wow. So as you were talking about that, remember the previous question about what's muddying the waters? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just got that anytime yeah. that we are not having that enriched, rich, wonderful, generative, blissful, joyful life, expansive yeah. life, when we're contracted or when we're judgmental and if our bodies are the vehicle that we're we're going through this life with right yeah and we're doing all of that contraction and judgment and we're and the bodies are 70 percent water then that's muddying those waters which is part of the, the water of the earth yeah yeah so it doesn't even have to be like, you know, oh yeah, I had a picnic by the lake and left all my physical trash there. It's not even like that. Doesn't it's what we're doing energetically with our own bodies that's muddying the waters. Wow. wow. That's so much bigger. Whew. So I'm going to really... Uh, that's a big takeaway from our conversation today. I'm going to make sure I remember that next time I start veering into judgment about myself or anything that I will be. How much do I want to muddy the waters? Mm, yeah. The judgment. <laughs> now, I will not be very honoring of my, my friend and ally, the water, if I did that. Yeah. So if I can't stop judging myself for myself because i know that that's not good for for me i can at least start by doing it for my friend the water 
So that's how I will trick myself into, or trick myself out of self-judgment next time that comes up. Yeah, yeah. or, you know, uh, if we get into that sad state of affairs and everything is so pitiful, and what if we start laughing and taking yeah. it lightly? And, and not go into, I mean, it's our choice how we want to respond to anything that is going on around us. Yeah, that's true. Very true. So, and on the other hand, allow the tears. You know, in whichever form they show up. Water has such a, a transformation or transportation quality to it. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you've got stuff in your body that needs to be purged, you can wash it that way. You know, you can detox with mm -hmm. more water and like tears are another trans water, water transportation. Yeah. <laughs> like, we call it leak releasing in our house is <laughs> it we're like oh are you leaking again it kind of takes the significance out of crying you know which is like what's wrong why are you crying we're just like oh i see you're leaking again and There's i can do for you <laughs> interestingly in uh germany we have the saying if somebody cries easily they have built close to water. Ah. You know, and I cry easily in a movie. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> And yeah. It's, it's definitely a way to move energy. Definitely, yes. Yeah. And interestingly, I would say water is not judging the energy it carries with it and there. moves. So I can release, you know, sadness into the water and the water will just carry it off without yeah. any judgment and attachment or whatsoever yeah it knows how to do its thing yep and it can, can and will correct itself as needed mm -hmm. and are we willing to trust the water well that's it right we do have a tendency as in the human race to think that we know better don't we we know everything didn't you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes what to do about that that superior posture that we have over all things earth and water would we be willing to allow the water to carry it away to wash it away and i even ask it 
I ask it, like, what can I contribute to you? What can I do for mm -hmm. you? And I want to come back what I just said, because on the one hand, we have that superior attitude that because we can think we are better, we are the crown of creation, et cetera, et cetera, whatever the reasons uh, are. And I have, um, you know, there, there is that, oh, you need to be humble. Uh, what if letting go of superiority is not necessarily having to make yourself into less than mm. being humble, but what if acknowledging your greatness is actually humble? Yeah. Because right. then it becomes a contribution and right. not a superiority. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't downshift into that humble, which can even border into, you know, less than and pathetic and some yeah. of that sad that you were talking about earlier. You know, it can it can branch all into there. That's a a sticky, spidery <laughs> branch. <laughs> yeah, you can kind of jet off into a lot of <laughs> yeah. not great places from there. Don't go there. Yeah. Go to the water instead. <laughs> yeah. Water um really is been such a gift. I really take the the advice whenever I'm standing near or in water and I'm asking questions about anything mm -hmm. you know like a trusted friend <laughs> so what do you think i could do about this and recently you know even during these times of less travel i felt the strong urge a calling <laughs> to go to the ocean so i drove a few hours booked an oceanfront hotel room and spent most of my time just out on the beach and in the water and I said, what, there's some things that I've been struggling with, water, what do you think would contribute to me and my body with this? And what I got was to actually go in the water. Now it's February, mind you, in the Atlantic Ocean, and even though we're in Virginia, which is not quite considered very Southern, it's still not quite very Southern, so it's quite cold out. And so here it was over a full moon and I could see the sun coming up through the clouds because it was quite cloudy. And then the moon setting on the other side. And there I was in my bathing suit running into the ocean and about at my knees, I stopped having feeling in my legs because the water was so cold. <laughs> I just, but I just kept going and just plunged into the waves and then let it just carry me as I floated there for just a very few minutes. Mm -hmm. And that body let me know when it's time so that I can still have my legs operating enough to get out of the water. And so as I was there and watching the sun break through the clouds, I turned when it was time, started walking out and had a 
clear view of the full moon that was just setting as the sun was rising. Whoa. So this sense of being completely in communion. Yeah. The entire cosmos, the earth, yeah. the water, the moon, you know, everything that is and the consciousness that is. And I was so happy and I was giggling and I was like, yes, you know, and you just do something and you go, yes, and you throw your hands up in the air. And I swear to God, people were walking by like, what is this crazy lady up to? <laughs> I didn't really care because <laughs> it was just so much fun. And I was so happy. I so, yeah. Yeah. Just feel like. You're in it when you feel that, when you feel like you're a part of it, you're not separate anymore. That's one of the gifts of water to me. Mm -hmm. What does water gift to you? Oh, right now it's raining here. <laughs> so hashtag can't make this up. <laughs> It's watering the ground so the grass can grow, become green, the flowers can come up, you know. When winter is possibly done, or I don't think, I don't expect a lot of snow that is sticking around. It may still snow that can happen in Colorado, but the ground is in the meantime warm enough that it's not really sticking around. And that, yeah. that itself is a gift of water, right? It can change form. Yep. Actually, yeah. And it can contribute like to an area like Colorado or some of the other Southwest regions that are more arid, it can contribute in all of its forms. Not only that, but the benefit of snow in my perspective is that it's a slow release of water. Yeah. You know, the snow is, and then it starts melting and it's re turning into water and it's a slow release versus this that then can create a flash flood. Yeah. And having lived in New Mexico, for instance, I was utterly fascinated how flash floods change the landscape. Oh, can you say more about that? Um, I had basically, I was living above a creek and had an arroyo, which is a lot smaller, coming towards me. And so the arroyo was the first one to flood. And so it would push and, and close off the creek because it would push dirt into and then later the creek would flash flood and uh, remove all of that and distribute it. And it was really fascinating to hear the rocks rumble as they rolled because of the water. Uh, it's an interesting uh, sound. It's almost like a freight train. 
Oh, yeah. The rocks, you know, rolling along the creek bed. And it was just absolutely fascinating. And uh, there was one flash flood where I flashed back, having seen Lord of the Rings when, the, when Arvin called the water horses. Because mm. that was the uh, the way that Arroyo flash flooded, it created these huge waves, relatively speaking, and it was just utterly fascinating for me to sit there and watch it for hours. Oh, yeah. What a cool, I would watch that for hours too. Yeah. That would be like the greatest movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> It's a natural movie. It's not artificially made. There you go. <laughs> you know? Wow. See, yeah. I knew I knew I liked you for more reasons than just the earth. <laughs> you, and I, you and I could be sitting. Next time there's flash flood, you'll see Corinna and I sitting on the banks watching it. I've seen, uh, I lived also in California for quite some time, and I've seen the waves eat up a stranded boat. Just slowly take it apart. Wow. You know, and it, it really shows you the power yeah. that the water has. Yeah. You know. I mean, yes, the waves were high, but if the boat wouldn't have been there, the perspective would have not been the same. You know, and then seeing that boat eaten up, and it didn't even take that long. I can imagine. And it reminds me of what you said before about seeping, because even if it's not coming with that intensity, like how many times have you heard about water seeping into the basement of a house and completely over time eroding the mm -hmm. foundation of the house? So I there's just, power and potency there too. I just talked yesterday with friends about Mesa Verde and Spruce Tree House is closed because when they opened it up as a national park, there were fishes in the ceiling that they filled with concrete to stabilize it because concrete was the best thing ever. The only thing is, is concrete doesn't really do well with water that freezes in the winter. And so it has crumbled so much that they are now afraid that parts of the ceiling are coming down. So they, for safety reasons, obviously they closed it. Isn't that interesting? A place like Mesa Verde has existed for hundreds is it, or thousands. I can't remember. Well, which. Mesa Verde was given up as a living place, probably somewhere uh, mid to late 1400. Yeah, so here so it's, it's been in existence and they managed to keep it and upkeep it in their way. <laughs> and then we come in and we keep it in our way. <laughs> yes. And all of a sudden, yeah, it's not even lasting. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I just find that kind of humorous, you know. And to your point, if you can laugh a little bit at it, move the energy a little bit, then what can we learn about it as we go forward? 
And especially not make things significant, no matter what it is. Yeah. yeah. Just look at it. Oh, this is what it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's one thing I know for sure. Water will go where it needs to go, go where it's supposed to be. You may remember a few years back, um, there was the thousand year flood in Boulder, Colorado, when we were living oh, there. Oh yeah, it was just before I came into the area. Yeah, and so, you know, Boulder and some of the other towns along the Front Range in Colorado there, it's at the bottom of canyons. So yep. the, the rain that was coming and the way that they decide, and I know I'm gonna get this not completely right, but that they call it thousand year flood based on the amount or the intensity and the period of time. That's how they gauge yeah. it like hundred year floods. And then there's like thousand year flood. Well, this was a thousand year flood. That doesn't mean that it comes every once every thousand years. There's yeah. other, other factors Just in that. Size, yeah. yeah. But um, one of the things that happened to the town of Lyons, which is north of Boulder, which also sits at the bottom of the canyon, is that when the water was coming down the canyon, they had rerouted the, the river in, that goes by Lyons to go by Lyons, whereas before had gone more through mm -hmm. the original town yeah. or settlement of Lyons. And during that 1,000 year flood, it said, yeah, I'm uh, going back to where I originally was. And it came down the canyon and went right through some housing developments and went right back to where it was. And I was like, huh, okay. There was, was a reason kind of, why it was running there. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, you know, all right, I get what you were doing here. I'm willing to, you know. Yeah. To, to work with you here for a while, but now it's time for me to go back mm -hmm. where I need to go. And, you know, we were talking about people being afraid of flooding. Well, there was a lot of um, people who experienced some loss and trauma around that, you know? I can imagine. And in that sense, from my perspective, water is one of the major change agents. Oh, yes. Yes. Wow. Thank you for calling that out. Now I, mean, I like water even more now. <laughs> I mean, we like to control water by yeah. having, you know, dammed in rivers and, you know, manage them. But then the thousand year flood comes and the river says, eh, not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I would like to ask water right now. And I'll start with the water that's local to me. Mm -hmm. So there's um, a series of ponds right next to the, the place that we're renting right now that were here before and that they built around, thankfully. 
they didn't reroute. So I'm wondering if we can invite all of your listeners to tune into, tap into some water local to them. Yeah. And ask what we can contribute to it. What can I contribute to you, water? And be willing to do whatever it requires. That's my commitment to it. <laughs> what are you perceiving? What did you get from that? What does your local water require or desire? It's interesting, the words that come are more freedom. Yeah. Less, less being confined. And Yeah, and with that was an energy of expansiveness. Yeah. It's just... For us here, these little ponds are connected. And they're connected though, but they're controlled, you know? So one is a little higher than the other, and there's like a kind of a dam, you know, mm -hmm. put in there. And so the wildlife can't always get there from here kind of thing, not in a natural way. So one of the things that they do is they have to climb out of the water and they come up and either go over the street or, you know, and then go down into the next water. And one of the, the ways that they do that is these little paths that come up from the water, you can see them. And we were out the other day and we noticed that there was actually a lot of trash out there. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I first asked, it was like, well, we liked it when you picked up all that trash the other day. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like we, the water, we, the wildlife, you know, we kind of thought that was cool. And then the next thing that popped in was, and we like when you keep talking to us. So right now we have a Canadian goose couple I don't know what, what do you call a goose couple? I don't know. Um, but they were here last year and mom is now up on the nest, which is atop the parking garage structure. At the very top, they have like these indented places where they put actually like dirt and kind of like flower boxes built into this concrete structure. And that's mm -hmm. where she made her nest last year. And she's up there now. And so before she went up there, she was eating, 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 and a lot, and kind of on the sides, and you could see her picking around some of that trash. And um, but which is why, you know, we're we're committed to doing some of that. But she's up there now, and dad is down on the water. So water's right next to the structure, and he's always looking up there. So it's like this cool connection of the water, the geese. Mm -hmm. the man-made stuff 
and the new life that's happening and going on. Yeah. And so uh, they also wanted a contribution because we talked to them all the time and, you know, our kid named them, you know, mm -hmm. we're like Jerry and Martha. So <laughs> the kid named them. We talked to them all the time. We contribute to them, especially this year, because last year we saw the goslings, not sure how they got down from the fifth floor, <laughs> but they did. We saw them walking around with mom and dad and they were only there for 24 hours. So we're not sure what happened to them because we didn't see them the next day or after. But mm. we're also saying that they would like a contribution for, for that. So what in and around your water would like a contribution? And are you willing to be that? Yeah. And what is it that you know you can contribute? And are you willing to gift that? Are you willing? Such a beautiful space has been created here, Corinna. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you for inviting me into the conversation. Thanks to our friend and ally, the water. Yeah. We and, are grateful. And, you know, without the earth, where would the water go? How would the water be? The two play with each other. Yeah. Thank you, Earth. Yeah. 